Welcome, everyone. This is the Bumcast with your host, HBIC, the head bum in charge, along with Baloney and the Southside Bum. It's dark days on the South Side, North Side, West Side, East Side, the whole city of Chicago. Because the more things change, the more they stay the same. And if you heard that Bears press conference today, you either became apathetic, you either threw some shit against the wall. I mean, I don't know how anyone could have felt good about the Bears after listening to George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, Ryan Pace, and Matt Nagy have their word salad, spin, lies, deceit, false promises. and But that, that press conference was sprinkled full of confidence, collaboration, leadership, communication, talking, a lot of fucking kumbaya going on in Hallis Hall these days and not a lot of winning on the field. So we were going to start off with the Sox and signing Lee Hendricks, but we're going to hold off for a bit because the Bears press conference and the Chuck Pagano retiring news broke last night and early this morning. So, yep, guys, it's uh, it's another going to be going to be another dark 2021 down on the lakefront. Yeah, I mean, leave it to the Chicago Bears, right? Because only they could hold a press conference that makes their fan base angrier than their games. And they just lost a playoff game. And I was more angry after this press conference than any game this season. Um, it's laughable. And just the, the, hot, the, the brass, the Bears brass, they're so out of touch with the fan base. That's all it is. They're, they're out of touch. They're arrogant because they don't listen to us. They couldn't give a fuck what the Bears fans think. Like, it's obvious. It's, nope. it's so obvious that they, they just don't care. And nope. they're going to keep making money, and they're going to keep collecting their revenue. And, I mean, just the, the quote, the Ted Phillips quote was got me so mad. I, I have his quote here. It says, have we gotten the QB situation right? No. Have we won enough games? No. But everything else is there. What the fuck are you talking about? What is everything else when it comes to a football team? You need a quarterback and you need the wins. That's it. Wins and losses. That's all that matters in the league. They, they got, the they got, guys, they they got the guys who communicate. Yeah, the they, culture. They got what does that guys, even mean? They got good it's a losing culture. Office. Yeah, no, it's, it's so fucking ridiculous. I mean, everything about that press conference was a fucking joke. And just the fact that they keep on... I, I wish someone counted how many times the word collaboration was said during that 90 minute presser, because I think that's the theme for the, the 2021 season is collaboration. You know, I mean, this is just a, such a fucking disgrace of a franchise that even when George McCaskey says, I had, I had a, a, a season ticket holder email me and he said, someone get, someone should get fired. And his response was just, no, no, we got, we like what we have here. You know, we, we believe that we were going in the right direction and we're going to have a lot of collaboration and kumbaya and shit. Um, yeah. I, I mean, just the fact that he, he first complimented Ted Phillips by doing exemplary work through the season with COVID. I mean, that's okay. Fine. That that's what he does. He's a business guy. He, he's, he doesn't, run he shouldn't be running football operations everyone should know this by now i mean i don't need if pace got fired i don't trust him hiring the new gm he does i don't want anyone to consult with outside sources to hire the next gm i want 
someone in charge who knows football. I want like that John Elway guy where he's the player and now he's running the team and probably Peyton Manning to a certain extent one day. But I mean, those, yeah, you're right. Those two guys are just so fucking out of touch. And well, that's the they, thing. They could care less. George McCaskey goes up there and basically decides let's, let's calm the fan base by, by, by how you said the keywords of communicate and collaborate and whatever other C words they want. They're all fucking cunts. If you ask me that that's yes. a C word I would, I would use, but he talked yeah. about how you said Ted Phillips na- navigated the, the COVID situation properly. Well, of course, that's what, that's your job. Like, that's it. Y- your job is to, to handle that kind of things. And his, his other job is to win games and he hasn't been doing it. We saw this. I saw this image floating around Twitter. Um, so this is what Ted Phillips, 21 seasons as a team president, 24 different starting quarterbacks, 15 seasons at below 500 or less, 13 third or last place division finishes, 10 seasons with a losing rep record, six playoffs appearances in 21 years, five division championships, one Super Bowl appearance, zero Super Bowls. Well, they, so it's they like, but nobody cares about that. Nobody inside Hallis Hall cares about that. And the fans are sitting here with their thumb up our asses being angry, but nobody will listen. I'm, we're, we're screaming into an echo chamber and it's the same thing. It's us. It's 670 to score. It's ESPN 1000. There's people pissed off, like, like unbelievably mad right now because of a fucking press conference, not even a playoff game. And it's like, what do we do? What can we do? Well, they're not going to give a shit because they're still making hand over fist and money. And because the McCaskies live off that and they're not, you know, owned by a ownership group or by a corporation or anything, you know, they're just sitting in there on their fucking money bags. You know, Virginia is probably, you know, comatose half the time to know what the fuck's going on at 97, 98, however the fuck she is, but they're not going to care. And I said this, I, I tweeted this out earlier. I, it's never going to happen, but the only way the Bears will finally get the hint is if season ticket holders start canceling fans. And even if they do pay for it still, fans stop showing up. I know it's hard because, you know, Bears fans with their season ticket holders, they'll just throw them on StubHub and, you know, us bums will buy them up because we want to go to a Bears game because we, we don't get a chance to ever go to one, you know, because prices are so expensive. But it's it's never going to change until the fans are allowed to express their opinion financially with the team. And that's, that's going to be a hard sell because so many people are just waiting in line with their handout saying, well, I will, I'll go to a game. I don't, I don't give a shit how, if they win or lose, I just want to go to a bears game. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be one big giant circle jerk until one of them finally fucking dies. Hate to say it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I would also say kudos to the uh, to the media for saying all the you know the tough questions that they were all dodging pretty much. Uh, you're still going to get the same questions over and over again um, about you know as far as pace. You know what are your your you know looking at the draft when you were drafting Miss Mitchell Trubisky and you know passing on, on Watson and passing on Mahomes, like what are your, you know, experiences based off of that? And he can't, he was just dodging that, that left and right. I'm like, I hear this every single time. Like, yeah, cause this is like, and I, I think Carmen DeFalco is the one who said it, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is like our version of the Sam Bowie pick. Hmm. That, that's basically what it is. I mean, you pick the wrong person and obviously nobody would have thought that Mahomes was going to be the way he was. Obviously you would have saw, 
the um, intangibles and 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 the talent that Watson has that you know that could have been that could have been our quarterback. But here we are. We have Trubisky, and we don't even know where we're going. I, I couldn't listen but five minutes of that press conference because just like how Peter was saying, it was just too hard to to listen to. Um, I was just getting the gist of it through the whole Twitter feed and all that, and it, it's just it just amazes me that they they continue to dodge every little question that we we ask as Bears fans, as Bears media, everything that Chicago is looking for, and it's just the same old shit. Like it's never gonna change. Obviously, the one thing that if you're gonna take anything out of this is that they're definitely not gonna extend. Rightfully so, Nagy and Pace. There's no extensions on that. So, this is definitely next year would be the year that either they're going to be both in the hot seat. So, that's probably the only thing I could look forward to going into next season. But I don't even know if that's going to happen. So, no, I, I, I saw I said it on Twitter yesterday and I said it on Instagram. Um, it's the worst thing that could happen is that, that they're in win now mode with one year left on their deal. So, they're going to do everything they can to try to win next season and then they're going to bury the the bears for the rest of the twenties. I mean, obviously like if you're, if you're Ryan Pace and you got one year left on your job, you're going to try to pull out all the stops, right? You're going to, you're going to go for broke. You got nothing to lose. He's going to go. Yeah. You're going to go for broke. You got nothing to lose. It's both their ass on the job. So they're going to try everything in and, and not look forward to the next six, seven years because who cares? They're not going to be there then. So we're in a shitty situation. And Johnny, you mentioned the media, they put, their feet to the fire today, which was awesome. And I saw, I saw a bunch of people complimenting Adam Hodge and everybody else, Dickerson. They were Mark Potash. Mark Potash. Mark Potash was awesome. The only issue I have with that is because the media, they had to do that. The media was like foaming at the mouth because these chicken shit owners and, and the, and Ted Phillips, McCaskey and Ryan Pace, they only do one press conference a year. So you have to, you have to ask the questions because they're not up front with people the rest of the season. Like if you do one press conference a year and you squirm like a fucking, I mean, it was so uncomfortable to see George McCaskey try to answer questions because one, obviously he doesn't like it. And two, he doesn't do it. They don't do it enough. So it's like, yeah, the media was tough on them because they, they had no other choice because they don't see them enough because they're not accountable. This GM, this brass, they're not accountable for what their actions are. Yeah, that's what I wanted to mention as well with Mark Potash, like him asking McCaskey directly, like, well, Ted Phillips hasn't done shit since the Ditka years, so why should he get another year? And then asking Pace, well, why should you draft another quarterback when you missed on Watson and Mahomes? And, you know, he flat out refused to answer that question. So, yeah, they don't have answers. Yeah, I mean, and then dodging the the contract question too, when they repeatedly were asked like, well, when your contract expire, when your contract expire. And they were just like, well, we're not going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the collaboration and the the culture we're building here. And, it, and it'll take care of itself if we're winning. I mean, this was just a, a word salad jumbled with chicken shit. I mean, this is, this was an extra, and, this was worse than and, losing the, against the Packers and Saints back to back week. That's what I'm saying. I was more mad today than any time this season. And it's not only that, but they're talking about both. They're talking out of both sides of their mouth. George McCaskey said that Ted Phillips has no role in football operations. And then he said contract extensions for Pace and Nagy are in the hands of Ted. 
So that you're contradicting yourself right there. Like, what are you talking about? If he has no roles in football operation, then Ryan Pace's job shouldn't be up to Ted Phillips. Yeah. I'm going to read you this quote from uh, Ted Phillips. And this one kind of set me over the edge. And I, I had to turn it off during the middle of the pace naggy just be, to the fact my blood was boiling so much that I couldn't, I couldn't take their shit anymore. Um, but this quote really set me over the edge was Ted Phillips quote. We have exactly the right culture that all football teams strive for. No, no, you don't. The fucking Patriots don't want that. The, the Cowboys don't want that. The Packers definitely don't want that. No NFL team is looking at you. Maybe the Jaguars, maybe the Jets are looking at you and saying, we want what the Bears got. I mean, who's, what, what, what's, your, what's your football culture? Kumbaya, collaboration, culture, leadership, talking. I don't get what they, what they fucking mean by culture at teams strive for. The losing is a culture. The not making the playoffs is a culture. The mediocrity in the quarterback position is a culture. No NFL team should want that or be jealous of that. I, I think another thing too is that I don't think anybody's on the same page. Um, and I want to go back to an interview that ESPN 1000 did with uh, A-Rob. And they asked him the question, did you know who was calling the plays? And he said he had no idea. Yeah, He I didn't know that. if it was Blazer. He didn't know if it was Nagy. <laughs> Like, I don't think Nagy and Pace are on the same page. You know, I just don't think that anybody's on the same page. Anybody is is collaborating, as you want to call these words over here. I just think it's just all like a wild, wild west in that organization, and nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, the quote the quote about winning was the one that blew me over the edge, and it was like, obviously, we haven't had have we won enough games. No, but everything else is there. Like, if you go up north, the Packers, the famous Vince Lombardi quote, what is, what was it? Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. That's, That's all right. you care about. That's all that matters in the NFL winning games. Like, I don't care about having nice guys in the locker room or pe- like, obviously, yes, it's good. If you're, if you're active in, in your community, you know, with the charity and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you could be the nicest guy in the world. If you fucking lose more games than you win, Fuck you. Like, that's that's what we go to see games for. I don't go see games to see nice guys. I want to see wins. I want championships, and we haven't got those. Yeah, the, and the thing that – one of the things that irked me the most about the presser, too, was they talked about how they pulled themselves from adversity in that six-game losing streak, and the team stuck together, and the coaching was great during that six-game losing streak. Motherfuckers, you only got a six-game losing streak because you played the Jaguars – Texans, Vikings, Lions, you played all these fucking shit teams, but no one wants to talk about the reason why they had a six game losing streak in the first place. That's because you had Nick fucking Foles as your quarterback. Cause you can't fucking get a quarterback. Jesus that, Christ. That, that last. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned it. Like they, they handled the losing streak. Well, they're the reason that they're in losing streaks. Obviously, if I punch myself in the face six days in a row and I stop punching my, myself on the seventh place, am, am, am I a good person because I stopped punching myself? No, <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. No, just they, they don't recognize that they shouldn't have had a, a six-game losing streak to begin with. Was Mitch pulled a little too quick, benched a little too quickly in the season? Probably. Did they stick with Foles a little too longer than they should? Definitely. But neither of them was a good option to begin with. And... Pace was the reason they're in that situation to begin with. 
not only that, you didn't really have any other options at wide receiver besides Allen Robinson and like Mooney didn't really come on until halfway through the season where he started really showing flashes, but you, you got no production out of Anthony Miller this season. You got nothing out of Ridley. The Cole Komet was a ghost until probably what week 12, Jimmy Graham showed flashes. I mean, that, that, that offense was just a joke to begin with. And, and Pagano didn't have his defense were to the playing to their strengths. So, I mean, that's saying that, you know, they pulled themselves out of adversary after adversity after six games is, is something to be proud of it, but no, you should, you should be ashamed that you were even and want changes from a six game losing streak to begin with. Yeah. I've got one more quote for, from George McCaskey and it's, it was, I don't know, frankly, that a lot of people have the confidence in this course of action, but sometimes you have to take the route you think is best, even when it's not the most popular decision. That drove me nuts as well, because you've been doing the most, you've been doing the unpopular decision for the last 30 years. Like none of your decisions since firing Ditka have been decision bringing in Wanstead, like every decision the bears make is a step backwards instead of a step forward. And, and it goes I saw it on ESPN 1000. Um, Carmen and Yurko were talking about the only reason, the possibly the only reason Ted Phillips has a job is because the Bears are supposedly in talks to move to Arlington Heights. And they, they've been in talks for, for years, but it's actually supposedly rumors around the NFL that it's going forward. Because they finally, like I, I said a couple of seasons or a couple episodes ago, owning your own stadium is yep. a huge thing in the NFL. And the fact that these dumb fucks don't own their own stadium and have a stadium of 65,000 fans when you can easily fill a 100,000 seat stadium simply. You could, I'm complaining, as, and you said it right, Jason. I'm complaining my heart out right now. I'm still going to go to games. And, and if it's 65,000 or 100,000, that stadium is going to be full. So the fact that they've just been losing revenue for not having their own stadium for years now, decades now, is like now – now you're supposedly moving to Arlington Heights and Ted Phillips is the, is the, is leading the way there. And that's the only reason why he's not fired because this move takes obviously years and years to complete. Yeah. I mean, the fact that the Chicago park district, you know, runs that shit is just a fucking joke. And the fact that you, like you said, you could easily fit what a hundred thousand plus every week. Um, Going back to the culture thing real quick from from Ted Phillips, uh, Adam Hogue uh, pressed him and asked Phillips why he thinks the Bears have a culture that teams want, which I think is a fucking joke to begin with. And his, his reply was, when you sit back and look at what makes a successful organization besides wins and losses, it's the people you have. No, motherfucker, wins and losses are the only thing that matter in football. Winning Super Bowls are the only thing that matters in football. I don't care. Like you said, Peter, I don't care if the guy's fucking nice guy. Go, You know, it's the quote from uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Good guy. I don't give a fuck. Nice dad. Fuck you. Go home and play with your kids. I want guys who fucking win football games. End of story. Yeah, that's it. That's all we want. Like those, that's all we're asking there. for. Thank you. Very nice, Jason. I like the Glengarry Glen Ross. That was a good quote. One of my favorite movies. movies. Yeah. Good pull. Um, so yeah, I mean, the I guess the only bright side of that was Chuck Pagano finally deciding to quote unquote retire. Um, 
I don't know if that's he's definitely the scapegoat in this whole scenario by retiring. But I think right now, I, I don't think you're going to find too many defensive coordinators on the open market who just want to take a lateral move to the Bears, despite the, the talent that the Bears have on defense. I think you're going to have to try to find that guy who's the, the defensive assistant, defensive line coach, someone of those guys to get promoted. You're going to have to hire from within. Because yeah. like you said, if they're on one-year deals, who's going to want to come here for one year? No one. If Pace and Nagy is, if this is the last year of their deal and they don't get extended, that doesn't bode well for any defensive coordinator trying to come here. So yeah, my guess is they're going to have to hire from within and hopefully they got that guy in the system they did before and they let them run to uh, Denver. So hopefully they got another one of those because we're going to need them bad. Yeah. And one of the things I, I talked about on the last bumcast was that I would have some salary cap numbers for you guys. And because of today, I didn't get a chance to pull them all, but I did get the chance to look at one number that's quite shocking. Well, not really shocking knowing pace, but next year, the Bears are going to have the second highest amount of salary cap tied to the defense. It's going to, they're, they're going to have 65% of their salary cap, $117 million tied to that defense, which second highest in the NFL. That is a recipe for cap fucking disaster, especially if you have pace, who's going to like, like we were saying, try to go for broke on his last year. You don't, you don't really have wiggle room. You're going to have to make cuts. And we'll, we'll talk about this more on, on the Bumcast on Monday, but no one's going to take Robert Quinn's in a trade. No, he's, he's stuck here. Mac, if you do find someone who would trade for Mac, you're not going to get the return that the Bears gave for him because he hasn't been productive in the Bears system as he was with Oakland. And he's... I think he's around like 25, 30 million a year now for the remainder of his contract. Um, Hicks is up there. Kyle Fuller is up there. And I have to give credit to the Packers for fucking us on that one because they, you know, saw that Kyle Fuller were restricted free agent and said, we're going to give you a big fucking contract that, you know, the bears are going to match. And they put the bears in more of a cap constraint hell there. So there's going to have to be People who are clamoring for re-sign A-Rob, it's not going to happen. They do not have the space unless some of those defensive pieces get moved. And like I said, we'll go over that on Monday, but um, it's it's not looking good, and I'm really, really afraid for what Pace might do. I mean, they're going to go for broke, and, and it's gonna they're going to leave us in their wake because it, it's like you said, 65% of their, their salary cap is on defense when the league for the last decade – has been offense. It's been an offensive league. Just look at the people in the playoffs right now, right? You know, besides the LA Rams, LA Rams number one defense in the league. Everyone else is scoring thirty points a game. Aaron Rodgers, best quarterback in the league. Pat Mahomes, thirty points a game. Tom Brady, four touchdowns a game. Everyone is scoring points. The Bills, even the goddamn Bills, score points. Everyone scores points, except for the um, except um, for the Bears. I'm glad that you brought that up. I was looking at something that it was like a while ago on the NFL Network. Remember they had those top 10 NFL defenses of all time and, and all that NFL Network. And I could remember most of those, the, the, the Tampa with, with, with Gruden, the Buccaneers, and then the Ravens. But 
if you like add all the up, like all those teams up that had like those great offenses, like the Patriots, all those years that when Tom Brady was winning, same thing with now. If you look at Mahomes, if you look at Manning, if you look at uh, uh, Drew Brees, you know, they all had pretty deep decent defenses it wasn't like the 85 bears you don't have to have the 85 bears to win a super bowl i remember that used to be a whole thing defense wins championships defense wins championships that's not the case anymore things change so that whole thing when we had when the bears were you know their defense was dominant when we had fangio that's when it worked when fangio left the max production went down uh, everybody else's production went down because they just the schemes are just a lot different and just it's different coordinators for different players and Fangio worked with what what he had when he was with the Bears. Um, yeah, I'm 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 so glad that you pointed that out because it's definitely an offensive minded um, system now in the NFL and it's offenses that win championships. I haven't seen one defense like can you name me one the, the last big defense that you could say that was the reason why they won a Super Bowl. Can you uh, remember yeah, one? 2002 Tampa Bay. Well, the, Ravens with Joe, <laughs> the Ravens with Joe Flacco as well. But there's so few and far between. And like you said, we, we as a Chicago culture are so enamored with the defense, the 85 Bears and even Lovey Smith's teams. Lovey Smith's defenses were awesome. We never got anywhere because we had Rex Grossman and, and uh, Kyle Orton and everybody else. Um, there's a stat that as long as you have a top five offense, all you need is a top 15 defense to, to make it in the playoffs. And yep. if you have a number one defense, you need it. Even if you have a number one defense, you still need a top 10 offense. So it's backwards. We need offense right now. And, and for the last 20 years, we haven't had it. We had, we obviously don't have a franchise quarterback and we just don't have the right pieces to be competitive in this day and age as NFL. And if you recall last year's draft, who do we draft and uh, and every single pick? Wide receiver. It was running back. I. It was just. It was just. You know. It just. They. They're not addressing like where where they need to go and and address a lot of them were all defensive players as well too. And the years before that. Like they're just all defenses. You're right. It's just like a thing where it's just in, in our hearts. It's it's in the Chicago system where it's just like you have to have defense. We have to have because we had that '85 defense. We had those tough guys back in in the '60s and the '70s with Buckus and and all those linebackers we had, Otis Wilson and Wilbur Marshall and everybody. You know that's just in our system. I think that's what they look at. It's like oh, as as long as we have an '85 defense, you know, we'll go ahead and you know this is what the the Bears are all about. It isn't. It, it, we've won one championship since '85. Um, we got to switch it up. We got to give a great quarterback. You got a good a wide we receiver. It, made, a good it, made it to line. one championship. Yeah, it's just well, yeah, we made it one to one championship, but it's just, it's just, it's a time for a change, and I just don't. They just will never. It's just the same old shit. Yeah, um, I got a quote here from Ryan Pace, and you guys can let this one sink in for a while because this one was one of those like, did he did he really just say that? He said, every decision I make is what's best for the team. I'm like, no, no, you've made a lot of shit decisions that have not been what's best for the team. They've been actually pretty fucking horrendous for the team. And, you know, I don't think either he's fucking 
egotistical or tunnel vision or naive. I don't know what the fuck he is, but a lot of his decisions have not been what's best for the Bears. Well, yeah, in his mind, he's doing the right thing. The problem is his mind is shit for brains. Like, <laughs> obviously, he can't draft. He can't trade. His salary caps. But, like, he just isn't a good GM. And the fact that they're saying, well, he's learning. It's year six, man. And George McCaskey and Ted Phillips is saying, like, he's learning on the job. Motherfucker, you don't have this time. You're not a trainee. You're burning a franchise to the ground. It's, yeah. What are we doing here? I would, I would like to know anyone who has a regular nine to five, who's been there for six years and is still, well, I don't know. I don't know how you do this. I'm still, I'm still learning. Can you train me? Fuck it. If you're still at a job and trying to get trained after six years, you're going to get shit canned because you're not catching on and you're not being a, you know, helpful piece of the cog. You yeah, know, J- Jason, you've gone through it. I, I know as a business owner, if I fucks up one of my customers jobs, whether it's a patio or a lawn or something, I have to be accountable. Jason, in your job, you have to be accountable. In the Bears, you fuck up. They give you a pat on the back saying you're learning. You'll get them next time, sport. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And it's and it's not like it's, well, I, I drafted, you know, a bad fourth round pick. It's, you know, you missing the number two pick. And like you said, you got Sam Boyd. When you could have had Watson or Mahomes. Now there's talk about, well, what's the package you got to get for Watson? Is it four first round picks? Is it some, is it three and some twos? Is it some position players? Yeah. You're going to mortgage the whole, you're going to mortgage half the roster just to get one guy, which we need. And I'm not saying don't do it, but this is the result of incompetency for fucking six years. Here's the thing I would, the reason I would be mad at the Watson trade isn't because we're getting Watson. Yeah. It's because we could have had Watson for and now we're earlier. paying for it. Yeah, and now we're paying dearly for it. Yeah. It's going to be draft picks, it's going to be maybe Mac, it's going to be a big time blockbuster trade where you could have just drafted them in the first place. And and the the Bears don't have the assets that we could like trade like Bill Belichick does where he just trades good guys and gets a first or second round pick. We don't have those kind of guys. The guys that we have, we're going to get third, fourth round picks. Maybe for some guy, we might get a two, but who you, who are you going to trade? Like I said, you try to trade Mac, you'll be lucky if you get a first round pick for him. Now, I think you maybe no. get a two and a three, but you're, you're not going to get, a, you're not going to get two ones for, for Mac again. And you're going to have to eat some of the salary. Yes, exactly. So it's, it's, I'd be happy if they got Watson. I know they have to, they mortgage the future for it. But it's I I just be mad about it because this is we shouldn't have had the we shouldn't have been in that situation to begin with, but yet here we are. Um yeah. and then the one thing that you can just to contrast between two organizations, because you know you have the Bears culture that everyone strives for and everyone wants to be like because we have good we have good players and good people. Sorry, not good players, good people. And then Mike Tomlin same during the same press conference says, I'm not going to maintain status quo and hope that the outcome changes. That's the definition of insanity. That guy stole my quote. Mike Tomlin stole my tweet. My (laughs) whole thing after the press conference was the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different outcomes. So that's exactly what the bears are doing. So either the Steelers don't have collaboration and communication in their organization, or they just know what the fuck they're doing. And the they have don't. accountability. They have accountability and the bears don't. So the last thing I'll say, dude, is like, obviously we're screaming into an echo chamber. Like we're going to be mad, but the McCaskies don't care. 
And the one thing I'll say is even though they don't care, like it's, it's, it's disrespectful. That's what it is. At, at this point, George, Virginia McCaskey, George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, it's just disrespectful what they're doing to this fan base because me as like, you know, like I'm not rich, like none of us, the, the city of Chicago is a blue collar town and, and the, the, the bears fans are blue collar fans. And, and obviously there's a lot of corporate season tickets and stuff like that, but the actual meathead bears fans, they're laborers, you know, construction workers, truck drivers, whatever. And us spending our hard earned money and spending our time, dude, I fucking love golf. I, I have one day a week where I have off. I typically work Monday through Saturday during our, our, our landscaping season. And I have one day off. I love golf. The fact that I could be golfing and that's kind of like my therapy. And instead I spend time watching the bears, valuable time watching the bears and what they do is just spit in our face. That's all they're doing right now. And, and obviously like I have no answer other than like, I hope an old lady dies. Like that's fucked up to say, but it's like the only answer. Like, what am I supposed to do as a bears fan where it's like, we love them so much and they obviously don't love us in return. So speaking of old people who need to die, what about them socks? What a segue. What, what, now, before we the tra- only team in Chicago right now that is going closer to winning a title. So before, before we talk about socks, I do want to play from our P1 listener, the original Mr. Joey P. He, he sent in another voicemail on his, his Bears in the press conference saying, so here we go. We're going to play. Our, f- our favorite fan. Hey, you bums, your boy here, the original Mr. Joey P. You want my Bears thoughts? You can't handle my Bears thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Today's press conference proved to me that the McCaskies don't care what fans think. They care about sustaining generational wealth. You know, nothing is stopping them. What can a Bear fan do but grin and bear it? <laughs> See what I did there. Talk to you guys later. I got to go collaborate about dinner. Tacos. <laughs> <laughs> tacos. The options on the south side. All right. Talk to y'all. Peace. Uh, Joey P, thank you for that chat. But yeah, see, so it, it's not just us who are talking about the Bears don't give a fuck about the fans. They don't. Hey, but That's the thing. Oh. So I'm glad he mentions the general generational wealth of the Bears. The Bears... McCaskey, the McCaskies in general, they didn't make their money anywhere else. They made their money because their dad and their grandpa ran the Bears for so many years. Yep. They are not businessmen, so they don't know how to run a business. They're not football people, so they don't know how to run a football team. So we're just stuck with these people collecting money from us, hand over fist, and they don't know what they're doing. And they haven't known what they're doing. They lucked into one championship in 1985, and then they burned that team to the ground. So it's like, like obviously, I'm going to say it again. I hope these motherfuckers die or sell the team. That's the only thing we have left is to hope an old bitch dies and George McCaskey runs, like, runs and sells the team. So speaking of old people who need to die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we should change. No more bear talk because I'm no. getting so mad. So speaking of old people who need to die, what about them socks and Jerry Reinsdorf shelling out some money for signing Liam Hendricks to a four-year, it's actually three, with a three-year with an option, 50, $54 million. 
um, socks nailed the lock up the best closer on the market. They were, they were rumored to be the front runners for a long time, but you didn't know what was really going on after they made the trade for Lance Lynn. And then they brought back Adam Eaton uh, kind of people were kind of like, well, okay, let's bullpens next. Let's get that bullpen done. And uh, there wasn't really, you know, Christmas and new year's went through no, no talk, no rumors. Then the blue Jays, you know, came involved with Liam Hendricks, but then the Sox just did what they had to do. Shout out some money. And I was surprised I saw some people on Twitter saying that this was bad because the Sox paid too much for Liam Hendricks. I don't give a fuck. Like the fact that Jerry's actually uh, spending money, it, it, people shouldn't be mad that it to, about money being spent. They have no say or entitlement to, you don't you don't get this yes. be pissed off. If, if I go out and buy a fucking, you know, $60,000 car, you got no fucking say in, Oh, it's an, that's an expensive purchase. Okay, that's my choice. And the Sox chose to spend that money. Good for them. They got one of the top three, top two bullpens in all of baseball. That that, that That's just going to be some fuck you pitchers in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. And I, for one, am happy now, but I am going to be still greedy. And if you're going to spend that money on Hendricks, then just go get fucking Bauer, even if I for one I year. I was waiting for it. Yep. Just go get fucking Bauer. Just the Twins... Are after the after the Indians traded Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco, the Twins are down. They might lose Nelson Cruz. Just step on the fucking jugular. Go get Bauer. Even if, even if he only wants a one year deal, just give him thirty million. Who cares? Then you, you can if he doesn't want to resign, then he doesn't resign. But just do it. You it's it if you're gonna if you're gonna spend on a on a relief pitcher that much, then just do it for a starting pitcher who's gonna take you over the top. Thank goodness yeah, for the White Sox. I mean, I think that's I think that's like our our pipe dream that you know we would want to get Bauer, and I think a lot of Sox fans are, you know, they want to they, they want that they want that that big big piece that would finally that that big piece of the puzzle. I don't think we're gonna get them, but it's it's a pipe dream for for yeah. all White Sox fans. Uh, the Liam Jimmy Hendrix uh, signing, I I I love it. And this guy, and, and I kind of want to put a little backstory on him. He he started off with the Blue Jays, had a rough time. Uh, I'm sorry, he started with the Twins, and he went to the Blue Jays, and he had a rough time, a lot of rough times throughout his career. And just the recent past two years, he's been a dominant closer. So for him, and he uses the same analytics that uh, Lucas Giolito uses as well, yeah, too. Yeah, Cody, Cody um, Baseball. Yeah, yeah. yes. And he is definitely um, somebody who has, he, he wears his heart on his shoulder. He's definitely has that edge that uh, La Russa loves in his players. And definitely that's the guy at the end of the rotation um, that's closing your games. Why who wouldn't be happy that this guy's our closer? Obviously people were like, Oh, we could have signed Calame. No, no. Hendricks is that guy that's going to take you to the next level. He's going to one who's going to be the one that's going to be closing games and admit that bullpen right now, we have to have the best bullpen in the majors right now. You have crochet. You have, you have, um, uh, Bummer. Hoyer. Hoyer. Yep. You have, um, I'm trying to think here. I'm Bum, losing my bummer. train of thought here. Yeah, bummer. Yes, and bummer. You you have all these Marshall, players Marshall, right now. Yeah, you have yeah, Marshall. These. You have all these players right now that you can that is definitely going to set um, uh, Hendricks up here. 
So I'm happy. I'm I'm all happy for that signing. Um, who's going to be the next person that they're going to get? I I don't know. Um, we could definitely, you know, we still need a starting pitcher, a veteran starting pitcher. Uh, can we get Corey Kluber? Uh, is there Felix Hernandez? Uh, you know, there that you want to get King Felix? Um, there's still some veteran pitchers that you can get out Trevor there. Bauer. Um, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Uh, Trevor but, Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> I think right now, so far in the offseason, the Sox have been doing a really good job, um, and I'm really excited. Uh, looking forward to they got they got to be the favorite not only in the Central Division but also in the American League pennant. Yep. Yeah. So they're the they're the light at the end of my Chicago sports tunnel. The Bears, obviously, I just ranted about them for half an hour. The Fire, I hate everything about them right now. The Bulls are okay and fun to watch, but they're years away from actually being something. Yeah. And then we just saw what the Blackhawks are. The Blackhawks are in a world of hurt for a while. The game um, just ended. They lost five and one. Yeah. And that's there's going to be a lot of those games this season with the Blackhawks. So that's it. I'm looking forward to the Sox and baseball season more than anything else this year. Um, and getting Hendricks, that's – you, Jason, you hit the nail on the head. The people complaining about spending money, fuck you guys. These are the same people that talk out of both sides of their ass because, like, exactly like the Bears front office. Like, you get mad when Jerry doesn't spend money, and then you get mad that he spends too much money. You can't have it both ways. And if they're in win now mode, and now you got Lynn and, and we got Hendricks, you might as well get Bauer, like Jason said, right? Even if it, if even if it's a one year deal, and like I said on the previous episode, my photoshops are gonna get him here. I'm gonna keep photoshopping <laughs> him in White Sox clothing until he comes to the White Sox. But yeah, dude, honestly, Johnny, they're they're the favorite in the AL Central for sure. But they anything else, a, a, a deep playoff run is what I'm expecting now. Like that, that's it. Like we're in win now mode, and and I'm thank God for it because we're gonna have some sort of competing hopefully a championship team in the city of chicago because everyone else and it, and i'm including the cubs in this i'm not a cubs fan but they're in a world of hurt too we have no one else besides the cub uh, that we besides the Sox right now in the city of chicago oh maybe the red stars but we'll talk about that maybe another time um so i i'm gonna say that i can i can say without a shadow of a doubt that this was not a jerry reinsdorf approved signing of Liam Hendricks one because people are saying like, well, Jerry spent the money. Jerry spent the money. He did not. He, someone must've rubber stamped his name on the check or something. No, no, and I'm going no, to, no. and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to tell you why, because if you look at his contract, that fourth year option, it's a 15 year pickup. I'm sorry, $15 million pickup or a $15 million buyout. Ain't no way uncle Jerry paying someone $15 million to go play on another team or sit at home. That's not own. his. That's not his mo. That's that he don't do that. Not even with managers. So we got someone, our own Bobby Bonilla deal. So so somebody <laughs> must have you know had Jerry like comatose like early after some turkey or something, and then just made him sign his you know did a little weekend at Bernie's or something and signed his name on the check because he would not have signed off on paying someone fifty million dollars to go play. I know you're team. being facetious right now. I know you're being facetious, but you've been the hardest out of all of us on Jerry Reinsdorf, and rightfully so. I just want to say I just want to hear you say good job, Jerry. No, um, I will say I will give him credit when credit is due. 
but I don't want him to be the number one reliever in baseball. Just say good job, Jerry. Yeah, yes, yes. Number- good, jo- good job for signing number one. Good job, Rick Hahn, for signing number one reliever in baseball. Now, and Jerry, for spending the money. Now don't, now, don't go half. No, he, he half has the money by signing, bringing back Adam Eaton instead of getting a you know legit right fielder. And he's just half assing the, the payroll because one, Lance Lynn's a free agent after this year, and two, Trevor Bauer's still on the market. So there's they, yeah, but you said it yourself too. Take that. Like if we're gonna take go, that. if we're gonna go all, if we're gonna go all in on this and just sign like Trevor Bauer for a one year deal, what does it matter if we have Lance Lynn for a year or not? Is if we're gonna win a championship and we're one now and we're gonna get Bauer for one year, I mean, hopefully if that happens, that would be great. I mean, but you don't know what's gonna happen with Lance Lynn. There might be a good chance that they do sign him. Um, hopefully extend Giolito as well too. Obviously, I know that you, you've been, you know, vocal about that as well too. But I mean, it's just like I'm just worried about this season right now. And we yeah. our 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 window right now, it's just if you're our, our window is so like lengthy right now that you know you you could play so many different scenarios and what's gonna happen in the next couple of years. Obviously, they came out with the MLB network with the top. 10 teams that are, are uh, top t- uh, 10 uh, World Series predictions and Sox was one of them. Like there, there's so many different things that that this, that team can do. And I'm just excited about this year. We got, a, we got our closer. We don't know. We got what, 29 days left until pitchers and catchers report. So there's going to be a lot of moves going uh, in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully Bowers one of them. I know we're all excited if that happens, but if we don't, I'm still excited with this team regardless. So. Yeah, and no, the reason why I was saying about the Lance Lynn being it being cheap was because of all the pitchers he could have traded for. He traded for the pitcher with one year and eight million dollars remaining on his salary. He didn't want to take on Blake Snell or you Darvish or any and and any of those guys that the Padres just decided to scoop up magic fucking farm system. So that's what I'm saying. Like he he's given the impression that he's spending, but he's not really. He just taking the lesser of most expensive options. He's being cheap. That's my take. Okay. So, okay. I, and I agree. If I don't think we're going to get him, but if we do get Trevor Bauer, we need like a 20 minute Jason only podcast. Thanking Jerry Reinsler. I, I will, I will give the, the old man props. If he, if he shells out for, for Trevor Bauer and it's anything over 25 million, I will also give, no. I will give but no, because well, I yeah, mean, it's going to be more than, I mean, it's going to be more. It's no, because I don't, I, I think, I think he would, I think he would sit out the season. Him. I think he would sit out the season before he played for $15 million. Um, but I, and I will also give him even more props if he signed Trevor Bauer to a long-term deal. And I, then I'll, I'll never critique Jerry until he dies. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll take that. But it's, it's only if he signs Trevor Bauer to a long-term deal. And long term has to be more to, than two if, years. If the Sox, if the Sox signed Brower, I we would have that that day we would have to do the podcast. Oh, like of course, there. that of would course. be the most emergency. That would be that would be, that would be emergency yeah. emergency bugcast. Yeah. Yep. All right, so go Sox. Hopefully, we'll be able to go catch check out some games this summer. Um, I mean, we need it, man. It's need so, it. I mean, obviously, health comes first, but just hopefully, we get this shit in order before baseball starts or even in the middle of the summer, I could go for a beer and a hot dog at, 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 at Comiskey. So a bad Cuban, man. Cuban sandwich, man. Cuban's the, the best sandwich there in the park. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to some NFL divisional round playoff 
just previews and some predictions here from us. Um, only four games on the docket this weekend, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. So we're just going to, like we did last week, we're just going to run them down real quick, give us some, some quick hot takes, a prediction. And we'll start with the 330 game, which is going to be the Rams and the hated, hated, hated Packers. Uh, Packers are six and a half point favorite, which seems kind of generous to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that could possibly be more, but it looks like Jared Goff is playing Again, he might be a little more full strength and the over under is 45 and a half. So I think, uh, I think the Packers are probably going to handle the Rams pretty easily despite their defense. Yeah. So that's the thing, man. It's number one offense versus number one defense. Um, Green Bay at home is a different animal. Um, I know it's going to be the Aaron, Aaron Donald versus Aaron Rodgers show. Uh, another matchup, Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. Yes, I'm interested that's in that. awesome, man. Jalen yeah. Ramsey is so good, and Devontae Adams as well. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't know if I would lay the six and a half. I think Green Bay wins, especially being at home, um, especially the Rams um, going to Green Bay. Um, the weather is going to be 28 degrees and possible flurries. That's, that's just Green Bay. Yep. Aaron Rodgers weather, man. So I got, I got the Packers winning this and, uh, but I do think it's going to be a close game and I think it's going to be a good game. Well, I mean, look, look what Jalen Ramsey did. He shut down DK Metcalf. He, sh- he shut Jaylen down Ramsey, man. He's yeah, so Jaylen, good. Yeah. He shut down Deandre Hopkins. Like like all that guy does. That's Ramsey Island right there. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you, you want to see, you want to see who gets the better of the two. I, I don't feel confident that Devonte Adams as great as he's been this season is going to put up three touchdowns. Like he has been, the past few weeks he's, he's been consistent like two or three touchdowns a game since he came back from injury which is insane. yeah but i still i just i still think rogers finds a way to win whether it's uh oh Tanya no no he yeah he, or, he or will Tom, yeah yeah he'll he'll find he'll find mv mvs yeah. like downfield or something because or if, it could be it, an aaron jones game especially if it's be. It, it, he, he, they got a good running back and and i mean they're a full i mean they're well-rounded offense they're they're I mean, obviously they're number one offense but I think uh, I think Green Bay handles it, Johnny. Um, it's definitely um, obviously the way that the Rams defense played against the Seahawks. I was definitely uh, very impressed, especially obviously that the fact that their quarterbacks were were pretty much gone, banged up, yeah. uh, but they were still very impressive. I, I think it's going to be a lot closer game that people um, expect. Obviously, you know you're going to face enough like pretty much a, a hall of fame quarterback here with Aaron Rodgers, And obviously green Bay's defense has been playing pretty damn good uh, as of late. Um, definitely. I think it's going to be a closer game, uh, but I, I can't obviously, you know, I'm still sticking to my, um, my guns here and still going with the Packers here. So. Okay. Consensus for the pack uh, next game on Saturday, the Saturday night game, which is the game I'm looking forward to the most bills and the Ravens. Uh, we got, Bills at two and a half point favorite over under at 50 and a half. Um, I'm really hope I'm hearing that there's rumors that there's going to be snow in Buffalo this weekend. I really hope not as much as I love a snowball. I really want to see some a good old fashioned, just fair weather, open field, just sh- chucking it downfield. And let's see, let's see who the better team is. Because Lamar's never played in the snow before, so yeah, I, I want said, I, I want to see I, I want it nice and even, so we can see who's going to be the better of the two. I thought that was such an in- interesting quote. He said he's never played in the snow and he's afraid of playing in the snow. That's something weird to say, yeah, uh, before a playoff game. 
But yeah, man, it's the battle of the 2018 draft picks, you know, Lamar and Allen. Obviously, Lamar was highly touted. Um, This is this. I hope it's a shootout. Like you said, the weather, it's going to be 31 degrees and and snow showers up to an inch of snow. So I don't think it's going to be a blizzard or anything like that. But hopefully the weather holds off. And like you said, I want it to be a shootout. I want Lamar to be running it and throwing it. I want I mean, and Allen too. Allen, sneaky, good runner. So it's, it's, it's both it's, it's shootout, it's running, it's everything. Hopefully it's high scoring. I honestly think the Ravens have a good shot at winning this game. I'm I picking do. the Ravens. I, I'm picking the Ravens to win this game. I'm, I'm actually probably not going to put any money in this game just so I can sit back and enjoy it and not get pissed off one way or the other. I feel like this is the type of game where the Ravens and, and Harbaugh just have that little extra pedigree um to win the game obviously the bills are hot and they're they're a high powered high offense team but they don't have much experience in the playoffs and even though they're at home i feel like this type of game is the type of game where the ravens just scratch it out and win okay i could see that i mean it's only they're only two and a half point favorites so i mean vegas thinks that could go either way yeah but i i wouldn't i wouldn't put it against the bills to to come back and I'd be the underdog on the road and win Johnny. Yeah. I'm st- I mean, I'm still going to go with the bills, uh, but yeah, Jason, I, I, I'm, I'm agree with you. I think it's just more enjoyable for the fans to see two, two really good teams going at it. And now we're getting to the nitty gritty where, you know, you're starting to get those great games coming up here. So I'm definitely excited about this. Yeah. Th- that is definitely a weird thing to say about the snow as far as Lamar Jackson. Uh, it's almost but- like he's making an excuse for himself if he doesn't play well. I don't think I've ever heard a football player say that before either. Yeah. I mean, you I to deal with the weird. snow and the rain and I don't know, but, um, and, and the poop it, <laughs> yeah. and the poop. Yeah. If, but if that's the case, um, if he's afraid of the snow, even, you know, one or two inches or whatever, I'm definitely going to go with the bills here. So. All right. Okay. So moving on to Sunday, we got the first game at it's such a fucking weird weird times for this shit 205 i'm glad you mentioned that fuck you nfl what are you doing just do the three o'clock game and the sunday night game i don't understand why they have to change the time the, the rest of the year they have your normal 12 o'clock 12 o'clock three o'clock six or seven o'clock games 205 and 5 40 p.m what is that why well, even even last week it was the tw- it was 1205 start That's like 12 10 start. It. like it's it's such a weird fucking thing i don't i don't get it it's um, the same thing of like uh, the man egg. Stop being cute. Just yeah. give me the normal normal times. Yeah. No. I mean, like now I have to make sure I'm home for like the entire day now because it's two o'clock. I I can't go out and do errands and stuff because I have to be home at two o five p.m. Um. So we got Chiefs and Browns. Browns coming off the huge, huge fucking upset victory in Pittsburgh last week, which no one saw coming. Um. I thought that game could have won either way low scoring, high scoring. I did not think it was going to be a smackdown of the Steelers like that. It was 28 to three at one point. Um, but now you, now they go up against a completely different offensive juggernaut with Pat Mahomes and the chiefs and Andy Reed and Terry kill and all them. So chiefs are our favorite 10 points, which I could, that seems pretty, pretty fair there. And the over under at 57 and a half. Um, I kind of like those. I like, kind of like that. Um, I think I got Chiefs all the way on that one, no doubt. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think the Chiefs kind of steamrolled Cleveland. Cleveland's an, an awesome story. What did it, What was it like? They hadn't made the playoffs in since, 2000, what, since 2002. Yeah. yeah, since 2002. 
but realistically, they got into the playoffs by beating a very flawed Pittsburgh Steelers team twice. They lost to the Jets and beat the Giants. So they haven't really played anybody since I got it right here, December 20th, and it was a loss to the Ravens. Um, that was the poopy game. Um, they are a good story, but I don't think they're at the caliber of the rest of these playoff teams. And I think this is where Baker and the rest of that offense gets exposed. They've been, they've been feasting on, on kind of bad teams and bad, bad situations with, with, I don't think Steelers are a bad team, but they're a flawed team. Um, so I think I, if I'm a betting man, which I'm not because I've been terrible at betting the last three weeks um, with our bum bets, but I think Cleveland wins, or I mean, I think the Chiefs win handedly, and I would take them to cover the 10 points. The Chiefs, man, they're 23 and 23 and one in their last 24 games, and they're averaging 30 points a game in that stretch. How does how does Cleveland stop that? Even with Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett is awesome, but the Chiefs at home, especially in the playoffs, I'm rolling with them big time. And though I think the Browns are pretty much like the AFC Bears, except with a better quarterback. They, they beat up on the bad teams and don't do good against good teams. Well, yeah, but I, that being said, I would take the Brown situation more than the Bears. I think I like think light I, years ahead. I think it was beginning of last season or beginning of this season. I can't remember where I, I sent out a tweet with a poll and I said, whose roster would you rather have up and down? I remember Bears that. Or, Bears or the Browns? And I voted was, Browns. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people still just voted Bears. And I said, I'd rather have that Browns roster up and down. That's people voting with their hearts because obviously Baker is a much better quarterback than Foles and, and Trubisky. And dude, that, that offense, I, I, and like I said, we said it a couple of podcasts ago, they've been better without Odell Beckham, but just for the fact they have Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, the two running backs are awesome. Hunt and Chubb. Um, they're just a much better team overall. Miles yeah. Garrett is, is just as good as Cleo Mack at this point. So um, the Browns are in a much better situation. Johnny, what do you got for that game? Uh, definitely going to go for the Chiefs. Um, I, I just do want to point out, too, that I'm just glad that we have a different, like the past like couple of years, like we've had like the past, I could say, two years, different teams. Like, you know, I'm glad that Cleveland has that, that Brown team in the playoffs, you know. I mean, the Bills are, 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 are better. You know, these teams used to be you – know, franchise teams that used to win championships back in the day or not the bills, but they had that four years where, you know, they couldn't, they weren't going to the Super Bowl. but, um, but it's definitely good to see. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think um, you got Mahomes playoffs, Andy Reid. Um, that chiefs team is just too much for the Browns, but I mean, good for the Browns for showing up. It's like that cake that Bart Simpson shows up, you know, that, yeah, says yeah. that you know, at least you tried, at yep. least you tried. So. All right, and the final game is another great one. Bucks and Saints might be the last time we ever see Brady and Breeze go head to head. Who knows what's going to happen if they're Breeze is going to retire? I don't. I think Brady probably wants one more year if he goes farther in the playoffs. But I don't know about Breeze. But uh, this game, they have the Saints favorite as a minus three over under fifty one and a half. And I, after watching the, I know the Saints are going to be at home, and it's it's Breeze in the dome. And it's against Brady, but after the way the Saints played against the Bears, looked pretty lifeless, even though they beat the Bears. I don't think they can overcome the Bucs. Yeah, Sunday. I think I think the Bucs are the much better team. 
Um, the Saints, obviously, I mean, the division games, anything could happen, especially in the playoffs. So I, I'm definitely not counting out the Saints at home, but I think the Bucks win this game. Dude, it's crazy. Like you said, it might be the last time they play. They might play in, dude, 85 years combined, Brady and Breeze. Jesus it's, I, I made a joke. I mean, it's a terrible joke, but it's the AARP bowl. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, but I think the Bucks, um, the Bucks have been peaking at the right time. And the Saints, like you said, it, it's a different, it's a different week and, and anything can happen. But I think the Bucks end up beating the Saints pretty, pretty well. Johnny. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the Bucks are going to win. I, I just think that Tom Brady postseason. I think it might yeah. be a little bit. And obviously, you know, I'm not taking nothing away from Breeze and, and that Saints team and all that. They've been in the playoffs too, but um, I just I, I don't think I could go against Tom Brady on this one. And you, you just look at the Bucks with their four-headed monster. I mean, I I don't know how you can just bet it. How you can bet against Brady with all his options, especially it took Gronk a little bit to get back into the flow of things. But the second half of the season, he's really been a good a favorite target of Brady again and he's been well, grabbing some big chunk yards and touchdowns and now they got Antonio Brown going and it's it's crazy man this that team is loaded top to bottom um I know Ronald Jones isn't practicing there's there's rumors that he might play might not but even if he doesn't Leonard Fournette has been carrying the load pretty well and like you said I'm waiting especially in the playoffs um I, I just expect a big Gronk game, one of these games, whether it's this game or the next game. They're going to unleash Gronk one last time. Um, and uh, the Bucks, man, like you said, I think you had them favored to win, go, go into the Super Bowl. It, it's a possibility. I still I still think Green Bay's better, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man, they're good. Uh, and you, after the wild card weekend, any of you guys changing your Super Bowl predictions? Uh, unfortunately not. I think, uh, I think Green Bay uh, – I think Green Bay is the class of the NFC, and I think they could beat um, the Chiefs. I got, I still, I'm still leaning Green Bay Chiefs, and I'm still leaning Green Bay. Unfortunately, okay. Johnny, I, I haven't anything? changed mine as well, too. I still, you know, picking the Bills, you know, versus the Packers, and you know, the Packers winning. Um, so yeah, I haven't changed my. And I'm, I'm still, I'm still rolling Bucks and Chiefs. I, I that's the one I want to see: Young Goat versus the OG. So that's good. Either one of those. I'll take any one of those Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll uh, have some NFL divisional round recap on our Monday edition of the Bumcast, And we'll look for, we'll try to break down the NF, NFC and AFC championship games. Uh, so before we get onto our bum bets, we're going to just do our quick small business shout out for the podcast. And we're just going to bring some awareness to those businesses that need a little love and attention during the COVID time. So Johnny, you want to start us off with your small biz shout out? Uh, yeah. So mine's is uh, different this time. I know I've been every week I've been giving out restaurant um, uh, suggestions over here, but this time I'm going um, a different direction. It's retail and it's um, it's hoarders trading post. That's in 504 East and main street, St. Charles, Illinois. Um, I'm really big into vinyl records and this is a place that I've, I've, I've been to it once before and I was there for a, at least about it, about an hour, just look, looking through the guys. He had a bunch of records and a lot of good records that a lot of hard to find 
uh, records. And if you're into music and especially right now, because I know a lot of people are now into vinyl records, um, obviously don't go to a Target. Go to a place where they love vinyl records. They, they'll tell you everything you need to know and they'll give you a little, you know, TLC with as far as like, you know, what records and, you know, suggestions, all that. I met the, the guy, the owner, um, real nice guy. He actually gave me, a, I bought like six records and he gave me a seventh one for free. I mean, that's nice. the hospitality that this guy had. So um, definitely if you're in that area, definitely if you're into vinyl records, they got a lot of new stuff. So if you're into Taylor Swift, uh, you could probably go get it <laughs> over there as well, too. Uh, okay. But if you're okay. into AC, any punk music, anything you could think of, they they have it as well too. They have if you're into, you still got that tape deck. They got cassettes there. They got everything you could think of, DVDs. It's just a great place. And if you have stuff that you want to sell, go ahead and go sell it over there. He'll you know he'll give you a good uh, deal on it. But um, yeah, definitely if anybody's into vinyl records, I highly recommend to try it. Okay, Peter, I got two today. Uh, I got a restaurant. Um, it's a Thai restaurant in Countryside, Illinois. Uh, my favorite Thai. Thai restaurant, Cedar Thai. I love Cedar Thai. Uh, Fifty-four thirty-five South Lagrange Road. Their dumplings, their Thai egg rolls, their shrimp tempura, their jalapeno tempura. It's just basically fried jalapenos with a little bit of uh, sweet chili sauce. Awesome, dude. Awesome appetizer. And then my 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 order every time I go there is just just a standard chicken pad Thai. Um, I asked for it spicy. I love it. Um, obviously, right now they're doing carry out and delivery. Um, but when hopefully things open up again, it's a BYOB place. So it's an awesome place to just go like on a weekend, um, maybe date night, bring a bottle of wine or or anything you like to drink. And it's a small, small place, but um, I can't recommend enough Cita Thai. And my second is not a, a small business per se, but it's a small podcast. Shout out to uh, Cousin John, um, our, our, our guest. Um, he has a, uh, a Chi-Town Dadcast. That's the podcast he started. Um, the first episode dropped this week. He talked uh, with one of his friends. They broke down the Blackhawks uh, upcoming season and they went in depth, man. I listened to the podcast late um, one night, the, the night it dropped, um, and they went big time in depth with, uh, their roster and the, the, right now the GM situation and the Jeremy Colleton stuff. Um, so I can't recommend them well. John was on our podcast and he was awesome. Um, shy town Dadcast. Uh, cousin John, what's going on, man? We put you on the podcast and then you go and you start your own rival competitional podcast here. Like, no, he's friend of the program. Man. We're, 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 we're kind of starting. It's kind of like the Andy Reid coaching. Now <laughs> not, 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 not we can claim uh, John is one of our own. Shout out, John. No, no. Good uh, for him. Hope, yeah. hope, uh, hope you guys give him a listen as well. Well, and not only also- that, I'm a, I'm a dad. So have me on shameless plug i'm gonna plug our podcast on his podcast there you go there you go to be a long big circle jerk and i will say uh for your for your shout out for cedar tie that's my cousin's favorite uh restaurant as well they love that place and for thai food i should say at least um so my small business shout out and i don't know if i mentioned this before maybe i did maybe i didn't you know alcohol kind of kills brain cells i guess uh chuck's barbecue yeah so in Burbank and Darien, great, great barbecue, Cajun food, Mexican food, everybody. If you don't know, Chuck used to 
work under Rick Bayless back in the day. So that's why it has a lot of the Mexican flair and Mexican flavors on the menu. Influence. Yes. There you go. Um, you can't go wrong with Saturday night with their coach. Nita Pabil. That's a, that's their Saturday special staple. So if you like, like a little coach, Nita, go, go over there and get yourself a nice little platter of that to go. Um, great, great drinks at the bar too. If you like some Mai Tais and some hurricanes, very, you know, voodoo Cajun centric in their alcohol and the, with the voodoo lounge, great beer selection as well. They got about a hundred beers in stock and you can join their beer club and get a little punch card and you win a prize, win some prizes. If you drink all the beers I tried, I got through about seven. Then I just stopped seven out of 100. Well, I mean, you have to, cause you have to bring your punch card every time you go in there. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you go in there and you forget and you're just, not Oh, they it. still have that. They do. I, I Yeah. Yeah. They have like the, their, their beer club. So yeah, but shout out, shout out Chuck's. I, I, I mentioned to you, Jason, um, I hate that place. And, and, and I'm, I'm saying this lovingly, their jambalaya is so good that I want to try other things on their menu. And every time I'm there and, and my wife loves that place. So we, we go there quite often. Every time I'm there, I get the jambalaya. That's the only thing I get. And I know there's other things on the menu that is good, but I can't go away from that it's it's maybe i would say i would say it's my top three dish in like all of chicago i I get that jambalaya all the time and their their brisket sandwich i would also yeah i would also add that too i love their jambalaya they have if you're into jambalaya definitely check that place out but yeah yeah good good job jason and shine chucks because that's a definitely definitely good place to go to get, get some food and and they've been on a triple D before too, so you can't go wrong when guy stops by. So, yeah, check about Darien Burbank. They do catering. You can do a whole animal roast. They have a lot of hot sauces and barbecue sauces you can buy in their store too. So whatever you need, barbecue centric wise, hot sauce wise, they got you covered. All right. Um, before we wrap up this edition of the Bumcast, just a couple of quick notes. Hawks signed J- Jeremy Color. Collerton to a two-year extension. I want to play the boo on that. Any thought? Any guys' thoughts on that poo-poo move? It's the same thing we say all over again. It's failing upwards. It's something about the city of Chicago. You stink at your job, especially in sports, and, and or maybe sometimes government, where it's not political, but you fail at your job and you get a promotion. Like, what is this? He's not a good coach. And I obviously shout out Barstool Chief. He's been a proponent of Jeremy Collin. Jerry, Jeremy Collin was a gigantic step down from Coach Q. If you wanted to make a move and get rid of Coach Q, this was not it. And the fact that you're extending him, I mean, it makes absolutely zero sense. I, yeah. I can't understand it. I have no, I have like no way to like, explain it like i don't understand he's not a good coach he like i don't think he his especially his veteran players they don't respect them um last season the the every post conference with kane and taze and keith like it was a lot of like jabs like obviously like under like um like under the rug and stuff like that but he's not a good coach and the fact that they extended him it's like obviously embraced the tank i guess that's the only ex- explanation or bowman well well, I mean, well yeah. they're obviously taking a page out of they're obviously taking a page out of the Bears organization. It's clear as day. Yep, it's terrible. It's a terrible move. And the other big news of the day: James Harden gets traded to the to the Nets. 
for a whole bunch of people in exchange, but Harden gets reunited with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I think that's just going to fucking blow up in their faces. That's, that's a recipe for disaster right there. The one thing I said was like, now everybody has another team to hate. Like LeBron is sitting in LA. Like, yes, finally, I'm not the villain because this team is so hateable. Like, just with Kyrie, Kyrie and I don't like, obviously like, I'm not, Kyrie, doesn't, Kyrie doesn't want to play basketball. I don't know why he still pretends he's a basketball player. Yes. He just finds an excuse every fucking month to, to sit out games and not play. Like you how are you, you just want to collect a check. You just want people to pay you. Like, I don't, what, what is your deal, dude? Either you then, play or you don't like make it pick a lane. And, and then James Harden is on like the baloney fitness plan. Like, obviously, <laughs> like it just makes like no sense. But obviously, good for I, I mean, if you're a Nets fan, I don't know if you should be happy or sad or mad. But um, but it's it's crazy, man. The one thing I will say is NBA Twitter. It might be my favorite segment of Twitter, like like a subgenre, dude. It's so funny. Their their memes, their gifs, their their comments, their posts. Whenever you get some big breaking news like that, it's the funniest fucking shit. They're so clever. And, and it's just like a, uh, it, I mean, it's a fucking comedy show at that point. It's so good. Yeah. Well, the, the big joke was talking about all the strippers in Houston going broke now and all the, the strippers in New York and Brooklyn starting to going to be making all the money now. Yeah. Oh, that, that's pretty funny. But yeah, that's the other, other big news for today. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap up this edition of the Bumcast. We went a little long today. Hope you guys stayed with us and we appreciate it. So we'll be back on Monday and hopefully we'll have, we'll be in a better move for bears wise. We're going to try to break down some bears grades, give talk some salary cap with them as well. Hopefully we'll have socks under with Trevor Bauer. We don't know. Oh, and I also want to say shout out to me for predicting that Doug Peterson was getting fired because yeah, you did. called that. You did. I called you that. Called that. We, called- we record so for those that don't know we record sunday nights and the and the and the podcast drops on monday mornings um doug peterson monday morning fired i was like holy shit jason good job yeah i had a feeling that was coming so yeah. all right guys once again i'm your host hbic the head bum in charge with baloney and the south side bum wait what bum bets are we skipping uh- bum bets <laughs> i i mean the way the way we've been the way we've been betting I don't, I don't know if we should be, we had, we had a pretty That's, bad, we had a pretty bad week. We, I don't think, we I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone wants oh, to listen yeah. to us. We, we ran long. We ran long. I, I'm not blaming Jason. Um, Man U versus Liverpool. I'm excited. It's, it's first place versus second place. I will say I'm betting Man U because of my heart. Don't listen to my bets, but that's going to be an awesome game. Watch that. That's all I got. Um, Jason, send us off. <laughs> All right, guys. So if you, we'll, we'll post our bum bets online and you can check them out there. And if you want to take our advice, take it with a grain of salt because we kind of been sucking a lot in betting lately. Yeah, I'll post so. them on Instagram. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll catch you next week. Good night, Javi. Good night, Javi.